0: Hey there Purpose Warriors, welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Vernell from drbrunel.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drgrunnell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunnell.com, also on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember, that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. I have an incredible guest today, Bree Carroll, she is a military marriage coach, event specialist, a speaker, and an international podcast host of Hearts and Stripes. She transforms spaces and hearts through authentic design and purposeful planning. With a background in civil engineering, Brie brings her brilliance of problem solving and eye for design to couples so that they can design a marriage even more beautiful than their wedding day. Using her care method, she guides couples through designing a marriage that celebrates
1: their core values.
0: Welcome, 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 Brie. I am so excited to have you here today.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am just so grateful to have the opportunity to be with each and every one of you whenever you are listening, and I hope that something from my story, something that is said, that the Lord just speaks through it and that it can really just touch at anyone. Even if it's just one, that's enough.
0: I love it. You know, as our coach Patrice Washington loves to say, an audience of one is still an audience. Hello, Jesus. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So why don't you jump right in and share your story today, Brie? Yes. And Dr. V, thank you so much. You definitely hit a lot of those high points. People know me as the 2020-2021 Armed Forces Insurance Air Force Spouse of the Year. People know me for my career in civil engineering with the U.S. Air Force. A lot of people may know me even in the event space as I've done several wedding and events and some international work as well. But what a lot of people don't know is that I struggled all my life with having healthy relationships. And this actually started within my teen and middle school years where my dad, let me tell y'all, I was a daddy's girl, a daddy's girl, like pictures that you would see of me. I would be walking in my dad's boots. I would have on his work shirts. I would have on his little, cat. like love dad. And one day because, you know, little kids don't think through what they're doing. I was giving my father his phone and going through it not, unintentionally And happened to stumble across that he was being unfaithful to my mother. Mm -hmm. And in the process of that broken trust, that S on his chest that was once there faded. And I didn't know how to deal with that because my parents happened to have a relationship where typically they didn't go deep and have those conversations and resolve the issue. It was kind of like, okay, it happened, we're moving on, but it was never really addressed. So what ends up happening in my young adult life is I go in and out of unhealthy relationships, damaging relationships, keeping these bags and adding more baggage as I continue to go along my journey. So much so that I ended up having an abortion alone based off of one of those relationships. But you know what, Dr. V, that wasn't even my lowest moment. Mm -hmm. My lowest moment was being in a two-bedroom apartment in Texas that I paid for being strangled by a man that I said that I would marry. Mm. I can remember being in that apartment, looking up at that popcorn ceiling and what would look like a perfect Texas day with the sun coming through the window and the tears rolling back towards my ears because I was being pinned to the bed. His hands were so Big, they completely wrapped around my neck and he pinned me down. Mm. And I knew that this could be it. I knew that that was it. And I just fighting back as I tried to, all I could muster out were the words I don't see the God in you. I don't see the God in you. And thinking through even those words, I was speaking them to him. And I did manage to get out of that situation safely, but those words were not for him. Those words were for me. I did not have God in my plan. I didn't have God at the center, right? And what I learned as I went through this journey of first valuing and seeing myself as my creator saw me and putting God in my plans, I started to walk through this process of healing. And I started to walk through this process of accepting the love that Jesus Christ had for me, I went through this process of trying to get a glimpse of what God saw me as and valuing myself as his daughter, as worthy. And through fitness, through reading, through throwing myself into groups with people that loved on me, I actually started the process of healing personally. And Mm -hmm. in doing so, in adding to myself and filling my own cup, right? Giving those baggage, those heavy things Mm -hmm. in my life, the abortion, the disconnect that my parents had, the brokenness from their relationship, the abuse, the relationship that I chose to go into by giving those things to the Lord, I began to heal and in healing and in pouring and filling my own cup and being intentional about myself, I started to attract some things, Dr. V. And one of the things that Mm -hmm. I started to attract was a husband. And that was not what I thought that I was going to attract. And I was really excited about seeing how, when I got really intentional about focusing in on what God was saying to me and putting God in my plan and ensuring that he was at the center of it, that he truly will add All those other things that he promises for us. And that's why I'm passionate about marriage because oftentimes I see people in relationships that are just mediocre, that are just not exciting, right? Mm -hmm. And through the healing process, and I realized in my own relationship, as I got my priorities together, as I got my plan together, that God truly does have a hope and a future for us, that he really is ordering our steps that he hasn't expected in for us. And it is not this mediocre thing. We can thrive personally. We can thrive in our marriage and we can thrive in building a legacy, but we have to have him at the center of it all. And the only reason why I am able to walk out what I see to be my purpose. And I like to say that I'm walking in the purpose of my present season because I do feel like your purpose changes as you grow older, as you are exposed to different things, as you learn new lessons, you continue to add and you pour out and you serve where he's calling you to serve in that season. Because of that, I am excited about marriages. And I'm excited to share this message of a marriage that can thrive with my community, which is my military community. As a military spouse, I have seen over the course of two years, we had about six to 10 family members. Like they are family to us because, you know, we travel all around the world. They ended up separating and getting divorces. So I kind of had my hand out one way like, Oh, y'all keep that over there. I'm not, hold on, keep that away from my marriage. But at the same time, I was the friend that was texting and Googling and trying to figure, can I pay for counseling? What can I do? What can I offer you? And there was no one space for them to go to because everyone isn't going to want to the chaplain. That's the free service that they offer on the base that does give faith-based guidance, but that is a little more non-denominational and we can go into a whole different, they have a lot of different things that they can and cannot say, you know, because they're chaplains, they have to kind of be neutral, but they didn't want to go to maybe those resources and maybe therapy was not a good fit for them or somebody wasn't comfortable with doing it. But being at your very end of a relationship due to the endless TDYs and deployments and relocations and being unable to hold a job and feel like you have purpose and fulfillment that can really tear a a relationship apart. So what I am so honored to be walking in purpose during this season is utilizing my podcast, Hearts and Stripes, to just send a message of hope and equipping these military couples to let them know that they can thrive in their marriage. And I take them through my care method as a civil engineer, push your glasses up to, all my, <laughs> to everybody in the STEM world, but I created my care method based off of how you would build a bridge. And I just equated that to how we can build our relationships. And it starts with caring for your marriage, C-A-R-E, careful consideration, What are the things that you maybe have to think about as a vision for your marriage? Because, I mean, if you don't have vision, the people perish, the relationship will, but you have to have vision for your relationship. So you have to carefully consider not just what that vision is, but you also have to count the cost, right? That's Mm -hmm. in the word as well. You have to assess the What is it going to take for me to get to that thing? So that's careful consideration. You're going to assess the foundation. Dr. V, that's what I had to do when I had to give over those old things. I was looking at a picture of my parents' relationship, of other people's relationship, and there were some rocks and some stones in there that I had to dig up that foundation. There were some thorny things that was trying to attack my mindset. I had to get my mind right. And a lot of you probably know the parable of the sower. There are a lot of things in that foundation that you have to get right so that you can build your marriage on. So assessing the foundation is huge. Then you need to reinforce the structure. Why do we reinforce the structure? So that you have something that is solid. And what, how we reinforce that structure is we talk about our rules and our relationship. We talk about the boundaries that we have to have in our relationship because Lord knows in-laws will push your boundary and mess up things in your relationship and you have to talk about these rules because what is okay for me in my marriage may not be what is okay for your marriage. So you have to get clear with your partner on what are your rules and your boundaries. That's how you reinforce the foundation. And the last part is my favorite. You will engage and trust. And the way that you engage and trust is You've looked at your plan. You know the cost that it's going to take for you to get there. So you are strategic about how you are making these moves. You've assessed the foundation and maybe you're seeking help. Maybe you got some assistance with helping you with that foundation via therapy or counseling or an accountability couple, right? You have your rules, you know your boundaries, and now you can engage. You have to take action. You have to be intentional about cultivating a healthy relationship. And that is the process that I have walked through personally with my spouse in my personal life. And that is something that I am encouraging other couples to look at and just have a marriage that thrives because we're not here for mediocre.
0: Yeah, I so first of all, thank you so much for sharing that because I do believe that it is so incredibly important to find that place and space where you and your spouse have that opportunity to connect and reconnect with one another. Mm-hmm. No, like for you, that process to get to the point of marriage, right? So it sounds like you went through something that was incredibly difficult for you to deal with at a very young age. You discover some things that I know we always look at our parents in a certain way, most of us anyway. And that was really devastating. And that led you down a path of kind of like, Encountering these different type of men and these
1: different rights,
0: and then you talked about how you went on this journey with God through healing. What did that really look like for you, right? Because I think that there's so many people who go through situations of brokenness, a lot of pain, a lot of heart, yeah. heartache, right? And they really don't know how to seek God's help for healing. So we hear about okay, go to God in prayer. What does that mean? What does that really look like? And how did you really get to the other side of all of this to get to where you felt comfortable, you felt healed, and then you were able to walk and discover this man and ultimately get married?
1: Right. So I think the key part of that in that healing process is definitely to look at it from your mental wellness, your physical wellness, and your spiritual wellness. Those three are so key. And oftentimes we want to just jump to that spiritual wellness and get in your word and pray. And absolutely, those are things that we need to do. But personally, I had some mindset things that kept me from even feeling like I could be in relationship with God, right? I had to have somebody, an accountability partner that I had. I actually had my pastors took me under their wings as well. And they mentored me having that outside person to somebody else that might be a therapist to somebody else that might be a coach to somebody else that might be a book and that was actually another part of the process when it came to getting my mental together I did a lot of reading and seeking out people who have dealt with. Different situations that I could relate to, which is hugely important for you to be able, and which is why I'm so glad that you have this platform and you're able to allow people to see themselves even in your story. So that mental piece was huge. Physical girl, I was up in that gym working it out, I would be doing Zumba and spin back to back. I was in there religiously because what I found was there was a certain discipline that is required. When you are doing it in the physical, and there was just something about, and you hear if your pastor has ever preached about building a muscle and how there has to be a tearing of a mu- like these are things that they say on the pulpit, but when you're doing it, like when you physically in there and you're out in nature, maybe, and you're looking at God's glory and his beauty, and you're walking and you're being physical, you are taking action and saying, you know what, Lord. I value this vessel that you have given me and I want to sustain it. I want to keep it well. So physical was a huge part of that healing process for me. And then spiritual, being okay with having some real conversations with God. It don't have to be fancy. You don't have to get your back. Look, I grew up back. You ain't got to get your back this on. You don't have right. to give me kick. You don't have to talk to him in King James. It's okay. You can just say, Lord, I am mad right now. I don't know if I, I trust I was pissed. I told the Lord I was
0: so pissed and I even told the Lord I was pissed at him at one point. Right,
1: right. And yes, yes, and you know what? It's not like he don't know anyway. So why are we putting up this front? Like we can't just keep it a hundred with God. Like I have grown in how I communicate with God because I really thought, well, I just had to start off with these and But there were some days that I just was like, Lord, this just don't make sense. And I don't even know what you're doing with me right now. But I'm going to just trust you, even though I'm, like, looking at you, like, out the corner of my eye. Like, we just going to keep it real. We going to keep it 100. Like, yes, Lord, I know that everybody in the, in this Bible, in this recorded word, has something wrong with them. But, Lord, I just feel like I'm a little extra messed up. Like, can you hit one of these bushes and make it burnt? Like, can we? Can, can you <laughs> hit me with some Old Testament to let me know? Like, it was just having that real talk with God. And I think we get real churchy. And we lean on religion versus thinking through like, I just want to have a relationship with God and I can just talk to him whenever, like cooking, driving, at work, at your ch- desk, like you don't have to make it. And don't let me take away from definitely have your prayer closet moments, definitely be intentional about right. studying the work, have that. But there is no limit. Like when the veil was torn, ta- you have that access So why are we like tiptoeing around God? Like he don't want to hear from us. Like he's not trying to build this relationship. I mean, we're talking about marriage. That's one of the things that I advocate for, but like being in a relationship in covenant and you're just not going to talk to the person that's just sitting over there like, oh, you can pray and ask me for a million things, but you ain't even say, hey, you haven't apologized (laughs) or repented for offending me the other day. (laughs) When you used my name, you ain't said nothing. Try that with your spouse and see how that works. That ain't gonna work for very long. So I think just having real conversation and putting into perspective that balance of working on your mental, your physical, and your spiritual was hugely important for my growth and for my healing.
0: Yeah, first of all, that's really good. And that's amazing. So I know that you also work with other military couples what are some things that you guys kind of like touch upon in your coaching sessions with them? What are some key takeaways that you want every marriage couple to walk away from any type of session with you? And I don't know if you work with both couples or if you work, you know, just predominantly with the females or males, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. So right now (laughs) I predominantly create a safe space for my military spouses. As women, I like women to deal with women. I think that is appropriate, but I still have that perspective because as a GS or as a civil servant, I worked alongside Mm -hmm. military active duty members. So I got that perspective as well. I understand why they're staying late. I understand the challenges of the mission. So Mm -hmm. I predominantly like to create a safe space for my service women and for military spouses but I think one of the most eye-opening activities that I actually did was the 2020 uh, military marriage survey that I actually just produced for military marriage day. And it is a report and a study that I actually published on August the 14th for military marriage day. It gives an insight to marriage that was not previously there. Typically you see the demographics of what the divorce rate is, or if it's unlisted or typically their divorce rates are higher or are minorities or those who have less education to divorce more. But I think this survey and the insight and really the honesty that people had with these open-ended portions of the survey really just shook me. And there's a direct tie that I found in this survey. Mm -hmm. As we went through our research, there's a direct tie between feeling personally fulfilled Mm-hmm. and how you find feel fulfilled in your marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that again, there's a direct tie for mm-hmm. personal fulfillment and the fulfillment that you feel in your relationship. And what I found with my military spouses, oftentimes because we are relocating so frequently because we deal with the stresses of deployments, they are typically underemployed or they are unemployed and are unable to maintain the careers, maybe that they have the degrees for and in not having that fulfillment. And let's take it a step further, not feeling like they were operating in their purpose. Mm -hmm. That's where those issues came up in their marriage relationship. And I mean, that survey was so eye opening because it gave that words that Typically, spouses don't want to share as much. It takes a while for them to open up and want to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to typically do it on base because they're worried about, well, how will this impact my service member's career if I'm transparent about what's going on? But when I tell you in that survey, we had a question that had them rating what was the condition of their marriage from poor to exceptional About half of them said it was either average, below average, or poor. When I tell you there are questions on there that ask, do you feel safe? There were responses that said they did not feel safe on that survey.
0: Was this study for men and women
1: or just women? So it was open to all. The predominant participants for the survey were female military spouses. Okay. So- there was maybe a few, very few men that participated in this. And the women that participated, they were active duty service members and military spouses. So predominantly female. Mm -hmm. And these were some of the responses and even to the point where, and I mean, they got really transparent in uh, questions about why did you rate your marriage this way? And they talk about infidelity. They talk about lack of support and help with their spouse because typically they feel like the service member's purpose is being fulfilled. It's prioritized over them being a housewife or being in the position that they are. And they feel like they have to yield to another person's purpose. And that is why it is so important for me to share the message that I do that you one have to get clear about who you are, your identity and pouring into yourself first, and Mm -hmm. then You can show up for your marriage. Who are you in your marriage if you don't know who you are by yourself? And that's what we're missing.
0: So were there any like faith-based questions on the questionnaire? Because what I think is really interesting, is just in hearing you say, like they had to take a backseat, so to speak, to what they believe their husband's duties were. So you use the word purpose, but I was kind of thinking about like, you know, because purpose for me is connected to God. So if God is nowhere in it, then that is mm. not, it could be something that they've identified for themselves. It could be their vocation. It could, right. be, you know, something that they right. to focus on. So I'm just curious to know, like when you develop the questions for the questionnaire for the survey, if you put any faith-based questions on there, because. I would be really interested and I know maybe you can always go back and do a
1: study again. Oh yeah. 22 it's coming.
0: I'd be interested to see like of the respondents, like the folks who responded to the survey, what percentage of those individuals kind of like feel like they put like God is at the forefront of their family and then Mm. what their satisfaction level is their fulfillment factor is. Yeah. Versus those who are just kind of like, I'm just going along for the ride. I really don't know who I am. I'm feeling lost and stuck um, because some of that stuff is absolutely connected to identity. But for me, I'm thinking if you don't know who you are in God. Yep. Like there is, for me, a correlation between that. Yes. Believer. So the percentage of people who are believers versus unbelievers. So that's just kind of like me thinking about your
1: service. No, I love it. And that's definitely something that we will need to add for the next go round where faith showed up, though. In the responses was in the question where we asked, well, what marriage resources do you use or Mm -hmm. what were some things that impacted your marriage in a positive way? So those two particular questions brought forward people communicating faith. So whether it was they went to something that was at their church, which was an indicator that they were believers or their relationship with a lot of people, Jesus Christ. I said, yes, you put Jesus Christ in this (laughs) survey. They called it out and they were very clear about their faith being one of the key reasons that they had a strong marriage now. And I definitely think adding that question would give huge value because I also do want to debunk this myth Mm -hmm. that when it comes to fulfillment and them not feeling personally fulfilled, which is why they don't feel fulfilled in their relationship, that that is only tied to an occupation. That is the current theme and thought process that I saw throughout the survey. And that's why I love the correlation that you make when it comes to purpose and the tie with God, because I feel like you can serve your, per- and that's what I said, starting out, you can serve your present purpose. That could be as a housewife. Sure. But are you being a good steward of what God has given you? Do you find fulfillment in operating on the assignment that is at hand do you feel fulfilled in your purpose because you know that he has created you for this moment to serve in this way, but he does have great, like there is more, there is blessings mm-hmm. that you can get in this season and it doesn't have to be tied to money, a check or going to clock in somewhere. Listen,
0: forgive my ignorance about, you know, military marriages and what happens in the military. But this phenomenon that you're talking about, it doesn't seem specific to military spouses. Not at all. I think that as women, because when I think about my own personal story, I think about the fact that I had all of these different hallmarks for what other people would consider success in terms Mm. of marriage, the kids, the cars, the house, the careers, the vacationing, you know, eating out at different, you know, fine dining establishments and things like that. So from the outside looking in, people would think like, okay, that's what a marriage is supposed to be. But mm-hmm. the matter is on the inside of that marriage and on the inside of me, I didn't feel fulfilled. And I wasn't really sure why that was at the time. Cause you know, I just didn't have a relationship with God, but I just mm-hmm. really lost in the midst of still having all of these things. I couldn't even figure out, like, why wasn't I happy to be a mom, right? Right. I'm not happy to want my kids, but I saw other mothers who seemed to derive a lot of satisfaction and joy from being a mother.
1: Whereas I
0: I was about to tear my hair out and I was so stressed (laughs) out and overwhelmed and I was, like, exhausted all the time. Right. sometimes I'm curious to know, because you talked about mindset, sometimes I'm really curious to know, do you even know what you're getting yourself into? I think personally, oftentimes we romanticize the idea of marriage. We want to get married. We think about that from, you know, early childhood ages. And then when we get into the reality of being married, because we think that having a marriage is going to bring an abundance of joy and satisfaction. And when you realize you don't get that, you're like, what's wrong with me? Who am Mm
1: -hmm. I? (laughs) i give
0: my whole self to this person and to these little persons and like, you find yourself like in this transactional relationship in some ways, not everyone is like that. I'm just saying, well, from my experience and from other women who I've encountered, like they share some very similar stories of just like feeling lost and stuck and that you have to defer your satisfaction for the sake of your husband and the kids or, for some men, it's like for the wife and for, you know, other reasons. Right. Yeah.
1: I would say I really do feel like I'm the other side of that coin to where I experienced, I just experienced something so different to where, I guess, the trauma and the different things that happened pre-marriage. Because let's be real, Dr. V, I was one of them people after that with my dad and just going through those relationships. I used to say very frequently, like, I'm not getting married. I'm not having kids. And because I went through those experiences so early on, I just entered my marriage kind of with like a different kind of swag. Like I just was <laughs> like, it really was. It was like, first of all, God literally brought my husband. Like that's a hands down God moment. My parents are actually still together. And every time he talks about my husband, he literally says that he could not have hand picked a better person. And I definitely agree with that because, you know, we ain't going to have daddy picking. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I tell you, it has just been a very different experience for us navigating marriage to where submission used to be a really hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. And submission used to be a curse word to me. It don't even feel like submission. It's like, oh, we on the team, cool. What you think? What you got? Okay, cool. We got this. All right. You gonna hold this down this time or I got it. You want me to get it? I got you. Like it's very just mm-hmm. it's just it hasn't been like draining and I can't say it's not unbalanced because absolutely there are times when the mission as a military spouse, the mission does come first. And I do have feelings where I'm just like, I mean, dang, but why they got to do all of that? (laughs) And why can't you just be here with us? So there are those moments, but it never felt like there was unfairness or that what you described was being a public success and a private failure. I think a lot more of my experience with being a public success and a private failure has come from me still trying to be overachieving in what we were talking about, that career, that Mm -hmm. career aspect, as opposed to being very content with the blessings and the very rich relationship that I have in my marriage, which is why when people tie that fulfillment, purpose, to that career i'm just like uh, uh-uh. <laughs> i will mess some stuff up that's how i could mess something up in my relationship but but luckily i have a partner that'll tap me on the shoulder and be like hey hey you are doing so much
0: so first of all that was really beautiful it just makes me think of something that joyce meyer said which is she said you don't know what hell is until you've married the wrong
1: person listen
0: uh, right? i don't want to know i don't <laughs> want to know <laughs> I don't want that to be your experience, but it was certainly mine. And Mm -hmm. not because, for me, it wasn't because he was a bad person per se. I just entered into it one, just young, unaware, not really myself. And when you don't know yourself, it's almost like you're growing up in the relationship, in the marriage, and people have the unspoken expectations of one another. And yeah. The person doesn't deliver. Like, how do you really communicate that you find yourself communicating? It doesn't mean that somebody comprehends what you're trying to say. And so it was just like, I feel so much better as a person, um, a woman of God, because I do know who I am in Christ. And I believe that I would be bringing a lot more to the relationship than what I was able to bring very early. Mm, yes. Yes. You know, you have a lot of emotional immaturity. You have definitely some for me, spiritual immaturity, not knowing this and not knowing that. And so like, I love everything that you kind of shared and talked about because everybody's challenges and struggles are different. You're going to
1: yeah.
0: have them, right? Oh, when absolutely. Absolutely. The right person, when you're with the right person, right? Prayerfully someone that God has ordained to be with you, then you're still going to have challenges. It's just going to look different. So when you have those challenges, you guys can cover each other in prayer and you guys can go to God together. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that. So anyway, I'm just going to kind of like close this up, wrap us out. I always love to ask my guests these four questions really about that for me ties into the name of the podcast, Awaken to Purpose podcast. But from your story, what life lessons have you learned about God's purpose for your life?
1: So the life lessons that I would say that I learned from God's purpose for my life is that it continues to evolve. I'll go back to saying just serving that present purpose. I know when we had our first child, and for so many years, I said, like, I don't want to have kids. And then being in a position to, like, oh, okay, but you got this assignment to be a mom. And just leaning on the word and looking to God and being like, Lord, I'm going to do this afraid, but I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to hold on to what you said because you see something in me. That's why you gave me this assignment. Even after. Going through that situation of having an abortion, I did not feel worthy to step into that role. But something that I learned about God is that he will continue to just hold your hand through every step of the way when it comes to that purpose and serving the purpose of that present moment. I mean, right now I'm in a season where I am really advocating for strengthening military marriages. And you best believe my marriage is attacked because of that. But I love that he continues to order my steps. He does give me a nope that ain't the opportunity for you or a yes, go ahead and perceive. I paved the way for this and this is my favor for you in in serving this present purpose. And I just love that I continue to get to know a little bit more about him and the character of God as I continue to walk through this purpose that continues to evolve.
0: Lovely. I love that. So what advice would you offer the listeners on awakening to God's purpose for their lives?
1: I would say to tie back to those three things that helped me really heal. I would definitely say to check in with your mental, physical and your spiritual wellness, because it's very hard to hear from God when you're distracted and there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of stuff going on. You can't hear from him and hear the purpose Or follow the breadcrumbs because, you know, God, me and God, he got to talk to me special. He got to leave me a little breadcrumb here. there. Like you can't do that when you don't have those three things kind of operating the way they need to be. So definitely check in with those three areas, that mental, that physical, and that spiritual, and listen to that still small voice. And he will absolutely speak into your life.
0: Amen. Amen. So what does it mean to become God's best version of you? Obedience. Mm. Mm.
1: That is God's best version of me. Because at the end of the day, you could take away this title. You could take away this career. You could take away all these things because that really can fade, right? That will fade. But was I obedient to the call? Was I obedient to my assignment of being a mom? Was I obedient to what he would have me to do in serving in my ministry of marriage. Was I obedient in serving in this place that he keeps putting us in different locations? As a military family, we are put in these different locations, but am I being obedient in no season? Am I being obedient when I have uh, increase? Am I being obedient when I feel like I have lacked? That, <laughs> that right there, that'll change everything, your obedience.
0: Yeah, that part. Okay, right. <laughs> that part. So, what do you know about God that you wish the whole world knew?
1: What I wish the whole world knew about God is that God is a God of relationship. Mm-hmm. He's a God of relationship. He just wants to have relationship with you. You don't have to go through the, the ritualistic things, or it doesn't have to be just that. Re- he just wants relationship. So, Amen. However, you can build that relationship, simple conversations and prayer, just start to work on that relationship because God is a God of relationship.
0: Amen. So, Brie, tell people where they can find you. If they want to kind of chat with you, if they are military, military spouses out there, where can they find you?
1: Absolutely. I love to hang out on Instagram. You guys can come over, slide in my DMs, follow me. I am it's Brie Carroll. It's It's Brie Carroll on Instagram for my military couples out there. Connect with us at Military Marriage Day. So that's MilitaryMarriageDay.com, Military Marriage Day on Facebook and Instagram. There are some amazing things that we are rolling out with that movement. It is more than just a holiday celebrated on August the 14th on the website. You can find that survey, the research report, the comprehensive report that I talked about being published. And you can also get connected to resources, faith-based and non-faith-based resources to support your marriage. And it'll be a hub right there on that site as well. And then anyone else who wants to check out more of what I am doing, you can go to BrieCarroll.com.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. That was very comprehensive. <laughs> be sure to put all of that in the show notes. But again, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have you just to share your story and to enlighten me on military marriages. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beyond my book, if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself. By awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, which is www.drbrunnell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.